Welcome to the Stars Behind the Stars, which is the astrology behind celebrities. I'm your host, Penny Walters. I'm an astrologer and I'm going to use celebrity stories to demonstrate the real world manifestation of the astrology energy. Whether you're interested in astrology or celebrity stories, this podcast is for you. Kathy Fraser Midwife, who has been New Zealand's number one best-selling birth babies motherhood author since 2005. As a midwife, she has caught hundreds and hundreds of babies, which has always been such an intensely raw moment in time, right at the coalface of when the veil to the world of spirit is at its thinnest. As an author, Kathy has been awarded for her Body, Mind, Spirit manuscripts and describes herself as vaguely religious and deeply spiritual. Kathy is Managing Director of the Motherwise Products and Services and founder of ENCO, International Integrative Maternity Healthcare Organization, who are global thought leaders on perinatal integrative medicine. Kathy is also mum to three young awesome adults, all in their early 20s, and she's been wife to hubby Mark for over 35 years. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Penny. It's lovely to be here. I feel very honoured to have had this invitation extended. Well, thank you for coming along. It's nice as well for me to have people give me a go, I have to say, because I'm a bit of an unknown entity at this point in time. It's a real vote of confidence that people are willing to give me a go, so I really appreciate it as well. We're going to be exploring three questions that have come from you today from that astrological perspective. I'm going to go through the three questions now, and then I'll break each one down individually and explore those. So first question, my passion is to help mothers-to-be improve the chances of their baby experiencing a non-traumatic, non-traumatic, non-emergency delivery. Is there anything I could be doing differently to both help more women have wildly fabulous maternity journeys and help me manifest a more wildly profitable commercial enterprise? This is about, it's mothering and pregnancy, but also money. So there's a few themes throughout that one question. Second question is, there's a long-standing rift in my family with me being the black sheep. I feel like I have tried everything to support healing, but I do feel like I'm the only one interested in forgiveness. Is it time for me to stop hoping for reconciliation and just finally let things go? So that's about family. And the third question is, will I be part of my yet-to-be-conceived grandbabies' lives and see them grow up? Again, it's family, but in particular children and grandchildren. Let's get into your first question, which is the one around improving the chances of mothers-to-be experiencing that non-traumatic, non-traumatic, non-emergency delivery, plus also you having that more successful, profitable, wildly profitable commercial enterprise. First of all, I'll just say astrologically, you've got a really strong placement around family. So in astrology, it's actually the moon that represents family and you've got your moon in Taurus, which is a really, really, really nice place for your moon to be. It's also where my moon is, is as well, funnily enough. But your moon is right at the, the bottom of your chart. So it provides a foundation to your life, but you also you provide a foundation to the lives of mothers that you work with. You provide that really solid foundation for them. Now, the thing is for you is improving the chances of that safe delivery, but also your more profitable commercial enterprise. The issue is, is that you've got what's called Neptune, which is the planet representing confusion in the part of your chart that's all about your public profile. So your public profile may have some confusion around it. You may not be getting your message across as clearly as what it could be. And this is the thing. So you've also got in your birth chart right next to your sun. So your sun is your identity as in S-U-N. Sun is identity and it's right next to your Mercury, which is about how you communicate. Now the communication for you, the Mercury placement for you is that it was traveling backwards when you were born. So it wasn't expressing itself properly. It wasn't moving forward. It wasn't communicating clearly. It was traveling backwards. So your communication is more internalized than externalized. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, sort of. I think that the confusion around is probably quite true because I have a lot of different plates that I'm spinning. And my sort of frustration is that situation where couples are completely comfortable spending $1,000 on a cot or $1,000 on a pram But then they go through this big decision process as to whether they should invest $300 on online prenatal education or such. And as a midwife and as a mother who's given birth, I I find that extremely frustrating because I know that if you asked the baby, what would you prefer, a less traumatic, beautiful, safe birth arrival 
and a second-hand cot, or would you prefer a brand new cot and have an emergency C-section? I mean, it's got to be clear what the baby wants, and we know what's better. We we know statistically there's just so much less complications that go on, but it it is definitely the sort of this eternal challenge to have particularly first-time parents to be making that decision and I, I guess I feel like I'm always trying to find that magical button where I've kind of said what somebody needs to hear <laughs> to just because obviously I would just love to give all my resources away for free but you know I am trying to run a commercial business and my knowledge is worth paying for I mean, obviously, you know, I've been going for it for many years, but it's often it's the second time around mums that will come through because they've had a horrible first time birth, you know, nightmare. They've gotten the lesson. Yeah, basically they have. They've gotten the lesson and gone, I am never, ever going through that again or putting a baby through that again. And then they get proactive and they go, okay you know, what do I need to learn? I need to understand this better. I need to empower myself with more information. But I get so, I don't get frustrated with the first time, especially the dudes, actually. I think they can make, the the male partners can make it difficult on the woman. I think they're kind of like, oh, you know, it, it's just childbirth. Women have been doing it for millions of years. How hard can it be? What do I really need to know? Sort of thing. And then they see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I mean, at the moment, it's it's 55 to 60% of first-time birth are either instrumental or surgical. That's pretty horrific. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas my client, it's 15% with first-time. So I know I make this enormous difference, but getting it across, (laughs) and there we go, I love the Neptune thing. I giggled when you said there's confusion over your public image. Oh, yeah, probably. And, and the Neptune as well is in the sign of Scorpio and Scorpio represents birth. So there's confusion around your public profile, but in regards to birth. There's going to be an irony in that one, isn't there? Yeah, I know. But I can see how good you are as a midwife because of how well-placed your moon is. Because the moon is about being that motherly maternal figure. It's really, really strong. Moon in Taurus is a great place, but you want your moon in Taurus. It's fantastic. And it's right there on an angle at the base of your chart. It provides a whole foundation to your life, but then you can provide that foundation as well to other people. Mm. And it's also, so the, the moon represents cancer. Cancer's in the sixth part of your chart. So the birth chart is broken down in, into 12 different areas of the chart, all representing different areas of your life. The moon rules cancer in the sixth area of your chart. The sixth area represents uh, what you do for a living. It's your work. It's how you spend your days. So you spend your days expressing the strong maternal energy that you have but what I'm going to say to you is around getting your message out have you explored storytelling so instead of saying the stats as such and the stats are all very useful but weaving them into a story so looking at case studies and telling individual stories of how this person's pregnancy played out both good and bad this is how you help this person you got this great result if there's not probably the ability to do storytelling on a specific story, because obviously we've got client privilege there, but I've got bottomless pits of stories, that's for yes. sure. But I guess it would be a case of how I deliver that. I would encourage you to be writing some of those stories out, because this is a positive aspect of that Mercury that we talked about that was traveling backwards when you were born. So Mercury retrograde is a really good placement for writing. You would make quite a strong writer. And I think you need to start writing out the story, the emotional element of what you're doing, as opposed to the stats of what you're doing. And where would you envisage those stories ending up? I would encourage you to put them on social media because you've got a strong placement here around, you've got sun Venus and Mercury all together in the third part of your chart that's about communication, words, writing. And Venus is ruling the ninth part of your chart, which is around broadcasting. So really broadcasting messages out there. If we're talking about social media, do you think it's better to record videos of me telling a story or writing? What do you think? I would encourage you to give 
writing a go. I would experiment in all honesty, I would experiment. You've got the Aquarius ascendant there. So you would be, I think you'd be quite open to experimenting with what works, but the Mercury retrograde to me suggests it's writing, but do experiment. But also this placement that I just talked about ruling the ninth part of your chart, the ninth part of the chart, aside from broadcasting as in social media broadcasting and podcasting like you're doing today, Mm -hmm. but it's also TV, any kind of public media sort of entity like that. It's a good opportunity to tell stories in that TV medium if you can get access to that and be emotive, share those stories because you need to tap into the emotions as opposed to the stats. Because that's going to connect with more women and men. And that's the thing that you've got a really beautiful place around that moon, around your feelings and your emotions. But in regards to communicating the emotional side of things, that's not so strong because that placement, the Venus, the Sun and the Mercury that we talked about is in the sign of Aries. Aries is in the very emotional placement, you know. So Aries is very fiery. So and maybe you need to have that fire around the emotional element of the stories that you have to share. So give that a go. Okay. That was my suggestion to you, but you've got to get the emotive element, the emotive stories happening. That's what I think you're missing out at the moment. You've got to touch into people's sensitivities around the birth. That's the Neptune energy coming through again that we talked about. So this is the thing, all energy must manifest in some way, either positive or negative, and sometimes both. It doesn't just manifest in one single way. But the Neptune is about confusion, but it's also about sensitivities. Touching into the sensitivities and emotions, I mean, that could be done sort of two ways, meaning you could give the horror story or you could be giving the amazing, stunning story. Because so often in social media marketing, they sort of talk about finding the pain point. Are you thinking instinctively that we're talking about focusing on the horror stories or are you thinking both it's really both both because you want to be promoting that you've helped this person in this way and they've had this amazing outcome as a result of this you want both you don't want to just be spamming your instagram followers with horror stories and i only have some of those because you don't want to scare people off and you don't want to add to the confusion around what you're doing Mm -hmm. but i would say definitely encourage the storytelling around the positive side of things and how it improved that experience for that mother and that father and for the baby as well. I can see storytelling being a really good element of how you can communicate what you do. You just need to tap into the emotions around what you do. You've got to sell the emotions ultimately. You've got to get that emotional buy-in and that's what's not happening here. You said around your clients or potential clients, mothers and fathers-to-be, they're more interested in buying that fancy cod as opposed to getting the education you don't have their emotional buy-in yet and you can achieve that through emotive storytelling practice doing some storytelling on your instagram if people respond well which i think they will start weaving through those emotive stories through your website okay yeah no the fact that neptune is sitting there creating this confusion is not to say that that's irreversible No, not at all. It can manifest as a different energy. Neptune also represents hospitals, hospital births. Neptune and Scorpio in the 10th house, famous for hospital births. That's what that says to me as well. But yeah, getting your message out and connecting more with people, get those emotive stories happening because you can do it. I think you can tap into the emotive side in a very earthy way. Yeah. And that's what I do with women on an individual basis. We get onto their page, but I guess there is that struggle of sort of creating that information that I know is going to suit everybody because I want to be able to customize stuff for their individual needs. And and, and on top of that, I'm not a social media expert and I don't even really want to be. I'm a maternity expert. I just want to do that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We we can't be, we can't have strengths in every area of our life. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all for outsourcing. Give it to someone who wants to do it. So let's look at your second question. Mm. Bit, bit of a sensitive question just a reminder as to what the question is there's a long-standing rift in your family with you being the black sheep and you feel like you've tried everything to support healing but you feel like you're the only one interested in forgiveness is it time for you to stop hoping for reconciliation and just finally let things go my immediate response to you is no I don't think you should give up wow okay 
Yeah. It's nice to hear. Okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and I say that because you've got the planet of Jupiter in the fourth part of your chart. Jupiter represents long journeys. The fourth part of the chart represents your family as in the family you've grown up within. I've got a very similar placement as well myself. And I've also had a long-term estrangement from my family, just to let you know. So, <laughs> oh, we're just high five each other here. That's right. <laughs> so I've got Sagittarius there, which is the sign that Jupiter rules, a similar influence. Jupiter and Sagittarius, my instance, does talk about long journeys. So long journeys being things that take a long time. They don't get resolved immediately. So it's not like you're driving into town, you're going on a long haul flight, you're going all around the world and coming home again. That's the influence you've got going on around your family and your birth chart. But you've got that moon and Taurus in the same part of your chart as well. That's It's a really nice place. And I said earlier, like I've got the same place, but moon and Taurus, this is a really nice place around family. Yet we've both had long-term estrangements around the family. The issue is... God, I get goosebumps on that one. When it's a really nice place for family, I mean, I, I know when I feel like our relationship with our kid, like our family, our kids, you know, it's great. And, and maybe, uh, not maybe, for sure, the estrangement has kind of, I guess, made it even more important and even more valuable. And it kind of puts me in that place of this is never happening. <laughs> you know, this is not going to happen in our immediate family. So that's interesting that you say, don't, are you thinking like, don't give up, but just totally back off. I mean, I have backed off, you know, you sort of back off and then you, something happens and you try a little bit more and then you back off, but you know. So can I ask when the estrangement occurred? Yeah. Three years ago. Oh, okay. So it's still fairly recent. Okay. Interesting. In my research prior to logging in to talk to you today, I pulled up all these placements. I've researched all these placements in your birth chart that I thought, oh, okay, this is when it potentially could happen. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of energy around family in your birth chart. The moon represents family in the birth chart. There's more energy going into your moon than any other placement in your birth chart. I was like, oh my goodness, there's so much going on there. So it's been three years. Okay. So it's not been long at all. I say not long because my straight right. is 24 years. So. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I've, I've been the black sheep always, but the estrangement has happened for the last three years. But, but really it's a case that it's a round person trying to get squished into a, a square hole kind of situation. And my family has got, uh, consists of four to six very similar minded, conservative, sort of regular I'd call, you know, regular nice people. And then there's me. But I know that my forthrightness is what has probably caused a lot of the rift. But then, of course, but that's also how I do what I've done. I always sort of think within my books, particularly Oh Baby, which is the one that I'm most famous for, when you read in there, it's so deeply personal in parts. And when you publish yourself, or like doing this as well, but when you put stuff in print, you're there for the whole world to see your deepest thoughts. And you open yourself up to the vulnerability of anybody criticizing you. Yeah. And it takes courage to do that. Yeah. I've walked a similar path. We both have that moon in Taurus and the Taurus is ruled by Venus. So we've got the same thing going on again. Venus in both of our birth charts is in Aries. Venus isn't comfortable in Aries. It makes us very assertive women and other people are uncomfortable with assertive women. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. I'm a very assertive woman and other people can feel uncomfortable with that. It's basically impossible to be almost a damn good midwife without being an assertive woman. It's a skill set that you've developed for a reason and it works really well for you being a midwife. It's just obviously not working so great for you around the family at the moment, but it's who you are. You've got that really strong Aries energy. You've got three placements in Aries, like the Sun, Venus and Mercury. These are all really personal placements in Aries, which is all about being assertive. So you're very, very assertive with that placement. I've also suffered the consequences of being an assertive woman. You know, people are not comfortable with it. They're not. They're not. Oh, it, having that assertion and their forthrightness and that courage to speak out, that is what makes change in the world. Mm-hmm. And the world needs leaders to have that courage and that assertiveness and that forthrightness and that willingness to stand up for what they believe. The world needs those people and the world needs followers. The world needs people 
to agree with that person and to go along. So there's nothing wrong with being a leader or there's no right or wrong or better or worse to be ready to be assertive or ready to be more passive. They both have their important reasons to be there. But I definitely am, have been, I guess, raised in an environment that doesn't appreciate assertion as being a positive thing. It's funny because I think there's also that generational thing going on because I think as parents these days, we are stoked to see our kids being assertive. I don't have to agree with what you stand for, but go and stand for something. In fact, I would be horrified if they were little facsimiles of me and they, <laughs> you know, and, and they didn't evolve the process further along than what I've done. I want them to be different and have a different opinion and do things differently. I look at around my girlfriends and we're proud of our kids to stand up and do something different. But I think there's a generational thing there as well. Mm -hmm. I'm the youngest and my siblings are older and there's that gap that probably just doesn't really appreciate somebody who's not towing the line. And also you have a family, I think that's very stubborn. Does that fit? Ah, that comes to logically. Oh, this is getting skeletons out of the closet. <laughs> they would be the last people in the world to say that they were stubborn. Well, I can see it. And actually, can't deny it. but actually they are. Yeah, they are. And, and, really. and, and, and case and point proven for the last three years, really. So this is the challenge around you're an assertive woman. They're very stubborn and they don't like to move. That's the big challenge around your family situation. And you should never have to water down who you are just so they can feel more comfortable about, about themselves or having you around. There's got to be some movement, but with the strong Taurus energy in that fourth part of your chart that represents family, they are very, very stubborn. The challenge is getting that movement, but there is change coming for you around the family. Okay. There is change coming, but it also can tie into your third question around the yet to be is this good change or bad change. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just change. It's basically the planet Uranus coming along to cross over and enter into the part of the chart. The fourth part of the chart that we talked about is around family, the family you grew up in. So Uranus is entering that part of the chart. And, and what you say is coming. Like sort of, right now. Sort of, oh, right now. Like right now. It is literally in the next few weeks. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's towards the end of April. You've actually got a similar placement to Prince Harry playing out at the same time. Like, <laughs> so it's playing out. Prince Harry. Yeah. It's playing out for you and him at the same time. Because he's also about to have Uranus crossover and enter into the fourth part of his chart. And then it's also going to come and sit on top of his moon in Taurus, same as you. It's interesting you say Prince Harry of all of them, because I kind of look at what they're doing and I think, man, I get where you're coming from. It took a lot of courage to stand up and walk away from the system. And they're getting ongoing battles from the media, just hammering them. And whether you agree or don't agree, the point is they're doing something that's authentically right for them. And boy, that took courage on their part. Yeah, it did. And I actually wrote a blog post about it shortly after the Oprah interview, which you'll find on my website for the Stars Behind the Stars. And I just talked about who are we to judge what other people find to be traumatizing. If they're traumatized, it's their experience. You know, it's not for us to judge them and say, no, 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 that's, you can't find that traumatizing. We're not comfortable with you finding that traumatizing. But either it's traumatizing or it's not to the person. And it's not for us to judge them for what they find to be traumatizing. We may not agree with it. I don't necessarily think that they've behaved well all the time, but I think we can't judge them for what they find to be traumatizing. You know, and I've had a lot of judging and, myself around that. And obviously in retrospect, we could look and they could look at how something played out and go, well, you could have handled that a little better at the time. You could have said it, you know. But coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know, like where everybody's just doing the very best that they can at that moment in time. It would have been a lot simpler for them to stay conforming. Yes. Um, yes. And that's where I have enormous empathy. <laughs> and now I sort of understand why a little bit more astrologically that we've got kind of similar vibes going on there. Yes. That, you yes. know, it takes a lot to, to stand up. 
Yeah, so you can watch it play out at the same time. There'll be change going on for you around the family at the same time as the change going on around Prince Harry's family. It can be completely different change. It doesn't have to play out in exactly the same way, but it's happening at the same time. Yeah, so Uranus crosses over into your forecast, we said late April, and then it's going to come along and sit on top of your moon, just like it does with Prince Harry, but a little bit later for you. That's going to be in May, June. It's slightly earlier for Prince Harry. I think it's just May for him. It's more late May, June for you, but then it's also going to hit that same area in November this year and March next year. That's an opportunity for there to be change around the family. May, June this year, November, and then March next year. So observe what happens for you in May, June this year around the family, because that's planting the seed that will then pay off in March next year. Do you see that as something that I'm doing or it's just occurring anyway? Uh, well, it's Uranus coming along. It's just going to do whatever it wants to do. So I'm going to say it's someone else actually, because Uranus is majorly in the seventh part of your chart that talks about other people. I kind of feel like I've done everything I can do yeah. and anything further I do is, is maybe causing more problems rather than less. It would make sense that this is coming from another person. Yes, and I might say as well that maybe this podcast has something to do with it. I don't know if it does, but the timing of it could be very interesting. We'll see how it pans out, but there is definitely change around the family. And there's also conversation. Or maybe the podcast will cause them to estrange me for the rest of my life. Well, you can see that play out with Prince Harry. I have a suspicion it's going to play out for him like that. I'm not saying that it's going to play out for you. He's, he's got some heavy shit coming up. And I don't see that same heavy shit playing out for you. I've talked about this placement playing out for you, but he's got other stuff going on that says really heavy, dark shit for him. That's not playing out for you. Okay. Okay. So, but there's definitely change going on. It's like someone's coming along and kind of pulling the rug out from underneath you. Not saying that that's necessarily a, a bad thing or a nasty thing or anything like that, but it's kind of like you lose your footing for a bit. You might be just shocked. You might just be shocked that someone reaches out to you. That could be all that is. But there is the opportunity for conversations around the family that you grew up in and I think beneficial conversations because you have so there's this predictive placement called progressions in astrology it's a bit of a weird predictive technique but it, it works beautifully but progressions yeah. it talks about you know however many days after your birth wherever the planets were and whatever number of days after your birth for example 10 days it's equivalent to that many years after your birth as in 10 years so your mercury which rules communication has progressed to come along and sit right on top of your Jupiter. And Jupiter expands everything that it touches. But there's communication being Mercury that's opening up at this time. And when you say at this time, are you talking about those three periods of time that you were mentioning? That's a different placement, but in saying that it's crossing okay. over. This is backing up that there's change and communication going on around the family. It sounds like maybe it's going on in the background. I don't know about it being in the background, but I do see conversations opening up around your family. Okay. So, and right. to me, it looks like it's beneficial conversations. To me, it looks like there's a lot of conversation. I think it would be quite constructive conversation. That's going on at the moment. That progressed Mercury conjuncting your natal Jupiter is very strong for you at the moment. It'll tap into your third question that you've asked around the grandchildren as well. Very interesting placement around that. So yeah, long journey around the family. Right now, there's a bit of a healing time going on for you. I think there is because, well, particularly because of the Cape Blue trauma in November. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, I wasn't physically recovered from that till sort of mid to late January from fractured ribs and everything from the CPR. Yeah, okay. So then there was sort of quite a period of just trying to catch up because I'd been sort of out of the office for practically two months and everything is backed up and emotionally just kind of giving myself time. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll say as well, I'll just go back to your first question briefly because you wanted to know, you know, how to create a more wildly profitable commercial enterprise. Mm -hmm. You've got the planet Jupiter ruling abundance moving through the part of your chart that represents your money. There's an opportunity to create abundant money in your life over the next several months. That might support the uh, social media post storytelling suggestion that I had. Great time to expand your income. Just to okay. find. Yeah, that's a nice place. But if you want to earn more money, you want Jupiter moving through your second house and you've got that going. And, and how, how long is it there for? 
<laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Let's find out. Um, it's there for a few months. We've got it there through to February next year. Also a great opportunity to build up your self-esteem. Like if you're really good about yourself, it's a great time to develop a really healthy self-esteem, maybe too healthy. Up until February next year, great opportunity to expand your earning. It gives you confidence to try something different. Absolutely. Yeah, look, family situation, don't give up. Just recognize, I can see astrologically, a family is very stubborn, like excessively <laughs> stubborn, excessively stubborn. It is what it is, but it's that Jupiter influence there where it talks about a long journey. There is change coming to your family in the next month. That's when the change starts to kick in. But then Uranus is going to move through the fourth part of your chart for about eight years. So it can be quite a disruptive time. And it might be, you know, we talked about Uranus is sitting on top of your moon in May, June, then November, then March. It might be there's some contact and there's no contact and there's some contact again. So it's on and off. Don't be surprised if it's like there's big reconciliation. That's it. It might be a bit of tiptoeing to get to get to where you want to be. With some instability sticking around, I think. I certainly don't have a Pollyanna idea that everything will be Kesara, Sarah and tickety-boo and you know, um, the past is part. I, I know, <laughs> but I certainly find it incredibly deeply sad that our children as young adults are witnesses to all of this. It, it's not a loving way and everybody can make mistakes and everybody in retrospect could have done things a little bit differently. But I think of all the things that bothers me the most is the fact that our kids are witnessing this is how their mother is being treated. And I think that's so sad. My love for my family, I feel, is unconditional. Like, you guys don't have to be anything or do anything. We should be able to have a disagreement of an opinion and not creating some feud over it. But people need to be able to speak their mind and disagree with each other. And that's just healthy and that's normal. And that's how family relationships have. But to me, unconditional love is the only kind of love. Whereas <laughs> I have been told in no uncertain terms that there is not unconditional love. I understand that, that completely. That is, that is <laughs> me being completely pie in the sky, unrealistic expectation of what family should be is that we would ever hold that level of love for each other, which I think is so sad. With your moon in Taurus, you've got great expectations around family. You see well, families being this beautiful being that gives you yes. that strong foundation to your life. You're motivated by your family. Yeah. So not having the family okay. would cause mental strife for you. Yes, and this has caused definitely mental strife. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, that comes into maternity as well, because it's all about family. Mm. Great opportunity for some productive conversations and there is change mm. coming. There's change coming around the birth family, but there's also change coming around the family you've created, which will lead us on to your next question. So you want to know if you'll be part of your yet to be conceived grandbabies' lives and see them grow up. We should get into a bit of backstory there for you as to why you're asking this question because you did actually allude before to a code blue experience that you had a while ago. Do you want to have a little bit of a talk about that before we get into? There was a fairly sizable thing to occur. Basically, long story short, I presented at a hospital with a gallbladder infection and within hours in the hospital, I had been accidentally killed by the hospital. They overdosed me on opioids. There is no record of the amount of opioids I have. The reason that I was found dead, dark, black, blue, lying in my own vomit was purely by chance. An alarm happened to be going off in the room and a nurse happened to come across me. We don't know how long I was dead for. That event of the code blue was obviously pretty traumatic, but what didn't help was that as part of, I mean, it was clear hospital negligence, a failure to deliver, you know, reasonable care, but the hospital then decided to go into their own management of protecting the situation for them. And so I decided to create a story that I did it to myself. To protect yeah. themselves. 
to protect themselves. So obviously this is getting reviewed at some reasonably high levels, but that was the bigger trauma of the two in a way that I was in hospital for another week after the Code Blue sepia event under scrutiny that I was basically a suicidal junkie. Wow. uh, Yeah, it was horrendous. And it wasn't until at the end of the stay, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew something was going on. Just the whole way I was being treated and nobody would answer any questions for me. I desperately wanted to understand what happened in the CPR event because I'm trained in CPR Mm -hmm. and I wanted to know, did you shock my heart? If so, how many times, how long did the CPR go on for? What drugs did you need? Like, I wanted to know that kind of stuff from a medical perspective because I'm trained in it and nobody would answer the questions. And it wasn't until the day I was leaving that I just really put my foot down and said, I am absolutely refusing to leave this hospital until I get to see my clinical notes. And I sat there and read them and what I thought was going on was there. There was all these things about, I was hiding codeine in my bedside table, which is not true, that there was definite psychological issues. Well, I hope not. I came in in serious pain. You know, like it was just all of that trauma from that. And also when I was actually dead, I never experienced what I thought I would experience when I die, there was no light at the tunnel. There was no looking over my body. I mean, I just literally woke up to yanking out, you know, intubation to, um, which is how you want to wake up, is it? No. And I never, up until then, I'd never questioned the idea that I would not be around to see my grandbabies grow up. But this created its own existential existential crisis, I guess, for me is to, oh my God, it was so random. It was random that I died. It was random that I was found. I had a non-shockable heart, like I had cardiac activity, but no cardiac rhythm, which means that they didn't shock me. It was a non-shockable code blue. And then my daughter, who's trained in paramedicine, turns around and explains to me, because I'm trained in basic CPR, not all the intricacies of it, and explained to me, hey, mum, that is the hardest type of code blue to recover people from. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And so I have kind of been left with the scar tissue of of wondering now where I never wondered before. Yeah. You know, yeah. Will I get to see all my grandbabies that are all yet to be conceived? How old um, are your children? Because I just want to check if they are in childbearing years. Yeah, 2022, 20, 24. Okay, so quite young, still quite young. Yeah, but you know, it's certainly somewhere in that next five or 10 years, if not sooner. We talked about with the last question that you had around the family you're born in, when I talked about there being an expansion around that family in regards to communication. Now that same placement can play out in a different way. I will explain. Mm-hmm. So there's the part of the chart, the fifth part of the chart talks about your children. So the fourth part's about the family you grew up in. The fifth part of the chart talks about your children. And we talked about your progressed Mercury coming to sit right on top of your Jupiter. So you've got Gemini in your fifth house. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. So whatever Mercury is doing in your chart, that's telling the story of your children, the children that you've given birth to. That Mercury representing your children is, has come to sit on top of your Jupiter, which expands things in the part of your chart that represents your family. So I think there's an expansion of the family going on by the children pretty soon. I don't think you'll be waiting five to 10 years is the impression I get. And that can be, we talked about that Uranus coming along and creating change around the family. This is another way that that energy could play out. Well, that would be huge around the family. Yeah. Well, it would be exciting because that's Uranus as well. Uranus talks about things that are exciting. That's coming along to enter the fourth part of your chart, which talks about your family. And it can be the family you grew up in and the family that you've created yourself. And that expansion around the family, I believe I can definitely see that there's an expansion around the family involving your children, which to me suggests either they're going to have children or they're going to get married possibly. If they're not already married? Yeah, our eldest is engaged. Okay. So 
bit of pressure on them. <laughs> so it can be a bit of, it can be an expansion around the family in regards to they get married, can be an expansion around the family in that they have a child. Right. Because again, like it's, it's Mercury ruling the fifth house of children, but it's in the fourth house. It's like they're creating their own family. Well, they so certainly keep accumulating a lot of pets. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they they purchased in an area that's a rural location and it's joyous seeing all my fur babies. Because you do see fur babies as being your children. I can see that as well. You'd, you'd make a very good mother to fur babies, I think. It's that moon and Taurus, that strong motherly skill coming through for you. But yeah, there's an expansion around the family. Fine. So what about longer term? Another opportunity for expansion around the family is when Jupiter moves around to be in your fourth house and that's in about March of 2024 for about a 12-month period opportunity to expand the family that might be when you get into more of a stable ground around the family you're born into a bit of a journey there and it is you've got Jupiter there there is a long journey around the family you're born into so don't ever think that that's just going to be click the fingers and it's fixed it's there's a journey around that Jupiter can also cause things to flare up around the family. Jupiter was actually moving through the fourth part of my chart when I became estranged from my family. But you're already estranged. But it can also be there when you reconcile with the family. Jupiter brings good fortune. That's an opportunity for there to be an expansion around the family at that time. Actually, it's quite a nice placement. Yeah, so to look out for March, April 2024, I think that's really nice. It's a nice time for you. And in about... April 2025, that's when Jupiter moves into the fifth part of your chart that talks about your children. Don't be surprised if there's a pregnancy then. <laughs> I don't think you'll be waiting five to 10 years. I think it's coming sooner than what you think. Awesome. Yeah. Also, I think that there's more than one grandchild. I see there being more than one child coming via your children. So your children's children comes through and in the birth chart is being the 11th part of your chart, your children's children. Yeah. And that's got Sagittarius there and that's abundance. So more than one. And that also backs up my belief that there's something going on quite soon because we talked about that progressed Mercury, which represents your fifth house of children because Gemini is there. And that progressed Mercury is coming along to sit on top of your Jupiter and Jupiter rules the 11th part of your chart, which is about your children's children. This energy is tapping into the expansion of the family around your children as well. And that's happening now. That's happening right now. Don't be surprised if you get news maybe late April, no pressure on anyone. The thing is it can play out in a different way. It absolutely can. But to me, it's looking like there's an expansion around the family that's connected to your children, as in your children's children, being your grandchildren. And that is happening right. now. Yeah, because it's always such a balance between making sure that your children are aware that you do look forward to becoming a grandparent one day. But then also, I don't want them to feel pressure on that and they need to do that in their time when they're ready. But that's lovely to hear, only because as I say, I'd always assumed I'd be around and there was no, an end time wasn't nigh. It wasn't around the corner. The event, which is only four months ago, it, it just kind of rocked my confidence. Yeah. And actually on that note, you've also got a placement of what's called Chiron in Pisces in the second house. Chiron is our wound. It's where we can feel wounded, but we can then go on to heal others. Being in the sign of Pisces, Pisces is drugs and hospitals. And it's in the second house that talks about our self-esteem. This event around this drug and being in hospital would have had an impact on your self-esteem because of the way that the hospital behaved towards yeah. you about it. It would have been, I think, quite confusing for you as to how you've had this experience. doesn't make sense. That could have impacted your self-esteem, but I think there's the opportunity to use that. Yeah, I would probably reword it that it, it, it wasn't so much my self-esteem, but it, it did impact my spirituality. Yeah, okay, interesting. Okay, your values in some way, maybe. Well, the fact that I didn't experience anything mm. When I was dead. A and I'm this person who's told the whole world that I'm vaguely religious and deeply mm -hmm. spiritual. And I've been awarded for my body, mind, spirit writing. Mm -hmm. So to have nothing occur, I kind of hold on to the idea that there was still cardiac activity, even though yeah. there's not a heartbeat. 
So maybe that's why I didn't have it. It rocked my world that I didn't have a spiritual experience. So it was really not so much self-esteem, but more the who I am and what I stand for kind of interests me. You know, you might have just been in the weight room. You may not have been accepted yet. Yeah. (laughs) That's my theory. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on to that one. I would say as well, it is okay to have faith that there is life after death. And I say that because astrologically, we are taught that we have multiple lives. It's not, this is well, that's right. right. And I mean, I, I've had spiritual experience manifest physically several times over my life, especially as a teenager. So I'm the last person in the world you could convince that there's not something more. There's no way. I've seen it. I've touched it. But it did irritate me that it didn't occur for me at that moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you're in the weight room, you won't be accepted. You're being set back. But the reason I say that we're taught about past lives and multiple lives in astrology, Mm -hmm. there's this astrological placement that are called the South Node and the North Node. The South Node is what we bring in from past lives. It's our past life karma. The North Node is the challenge that we've got to move across to our North Node. So it's what we need to try and achieve as a part of the journey in this lifetime. It's what we're not comfortable with, but it's the lesson that we need to learn in this lifetime before we then enter into the next lifetime. It's a fundamental part of astrology. And the birth chart is basically demonstrating the karma that you bring in from a past life that you've then got to address in this lifetime before you go to the next lifetime. So I do believe that there is something there, but maybe you weren't deep enough. I don't know. I'm not, you know, a medical professional by any means, but I would just maybe say that you were you're being rejected from the afterlife at that time. Maybe that's why you didn't see anything. Yeah. To think about it. It wasn't your time. So you didn't get to see it. It wasn't my time. time. Mm. So you'd have to say there was some level of divine intervention involved, but the only reason that I was found was because an alarm was beeping in the room. So good timing there by the universe. Yeah, absolutely. You were ironically being protected even though obviously the hospital didn't do it in a very kind way you were ultimately being protected you didn't need to go further you'd you'd gone far enough it was time to come back you still have more work to do and you've got grandbabies coming that you need to be around for right exactly so we've covered off your three questions today i'm going to recap them your passion is to help mothers to be improve the chances of their baby experiencing a non-dramatic non-traumatic non-emergency delivery is there anything you could be doing differently to both help more women have wild and fabulous maternity journeys and help you manifest a more wildly profitable commercial enterprise? I put that down to your messaging, as in tapping into that storytelling, that emotional storytelling. I think that way you will connect more with those mothers-to-be to then have more of them to have that non-traumatic, non-traumatic, non-emergency delivery. You've got to get that emotional connection going on. Which I'm great at doing one-on-one, but doing that across social media, I've definitely struggled to do that well. Well, here's your opportunity. This is me nudging you to explore it a bit more and just write out some of your stories and just make sure you're getting emotionally in there. You want people to connect with it because that's how you're going to connect with more people and also create a more wildly profitable commercial enterprise for yourself is creating that emotional connection. Second question being, there's a long-standing rift in your family with you as the black sheep and you feel like you've tried everything to support healing and you feel like you're the only one interested in forgiveness. Is it time for you to stop hoping for reconciliation and just finally let things go? No, don't give up. You've just got a long journey around your family. You've come from a very stubborn family and I guess you're more assertive than they want you to be. I think your assertiveness makes them feel uncomfortable. It's just going to be a process. But I think there's the opportunity for someone else to reach out to you. And I think it'll be a really big surprise when that time comes. But there's definitely change coming around your family. Okay. Thank you. And your third question being, will you be a part of your yet-to-be-conceived grandbaby's lives and see them grow up? I believe so because I see families expanding now by your children, which to me suggests there's a grandchild coming soon. That's certainly how it looks astrologically. I don't think you'll need to wait that much longer from what I can see. There's a lot going on around your family at the moment. It makes me intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to see it all play out quite soon. You are going to have that uh, Uranus energy come along and shift shift the foundation of your life. It can be a good or bad thing with Uranus, but it's certainly 
Uranus is also about reversals. So that's also a really positive thing around the family estrangement. But the Uranus is coming into that part of your chart where it's talking about your family you grew up in. The planet of reversal is coming to enter that area. That's, I think, a positive thing around a potential reconciliation. There's that planet representing reversal coming to that part of your chart. I think that's quite promising, but it's also very disruptive, just to let you know. Uranus is very uh, disruptive. Awesome. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Thank you for coming and joining me today and for sharing your stories as well. I really appreciate it. And I know it's not easy to talk about, you know, personal experiences like the Code Blue, for example, because that was obviously a very deeply traumatic experience for you. So I really appreciate that you've been open to sharing that story and obviously the family experience as well. It it was a tough decision. I mean, it's not public knowledge and close friends are aware that it occurred, but I didn't put it up on Facebook type of thing. I remember one person saying to me, that had learned about it and they said, oh God, you must feel so lucky. And I went, actually, you know, I don't. If I was in a car accident and I, and I came away unscathed, I'd say that's lucky. But when a hospital accidentally kills you, I said, no, I'm not. I don't feel lucky. I feel angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And I'm not a person who likes to be in an angry space. So that's why I'm just sort of been giving myself time. Mentioning that today would potentially surprise quite a lot of people because not that many people are aware that that happened. Well, I appreciate that you felt comfortable to open up and talk to me about it today. I just really enjoy and appreciate people being open to sharing their personal story. They're always really, really fascinating. People's lives away from their public persona, I think, are really quite interesting. It also makes us so much more human as well when we share those really personal sides of our lives. And I really appreciate the insights that you've shared today. It just enhances that. But as so many people, I rely on my gut instinct and my intuition on things. And when you have things go up the wazoo, you kind of question yourself and go, oh my God, how did I make that manifest? That was not something I wanted. You can find yourself questioning your own judgment more because you followed what you thought was your gut and then it didn't play out you can find yourself getting a little confused by the messaging really so it's nice to hear that from you i appreciate those little nuggets of gold that you've passed on today yeah great and that's the thing you do get nuggets of gold from the birth chart you just need to know how to look at it find those nuggets of gold because they are there to be found Well, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to The Stars Behind the Stars, which is the show that uses celebrity stories to demonstrate the real-world manifestation of the astrology energy. Subscribe to The Stars Behind the Stars in your podcast app to make sure you don't miss an episode.